This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. This has been a great year, really, really uh, has a wonderful time as we shift out of summer and into September. Because I heard this word from uh, God, September, there'll be a settling up and a smoothing out from the old uh, to the new. There are a lot of factors that go in. Uh, into that but there's this transition this year this shift from the old uh, to the new God is doing a new thing I mean he tells us before it happens so that we can be aware of it we can participate in it we can kind of shift gears uh, uh, with him and be in time in a timing and a keeping uh, with him aren't you glad that you don't have to uh, the Bible says you don't have to, you know, uh, not know. You can know. Now, there's some things that, you know, you don't need to know yet. Remember, the disciples were there with Jesus and, and, and uh, they said, Now, tell us when, you know, our interpretation of how the kingdom was going to come and all this other kind of stuff, what we thought was going to happen. Tell us when it's going to happen. He said, Don't worry about that. That's, you know... And I, and I think the reason why he said don't worry about it is because it's not going to happen like you think it's going to happen. You know, and Jesus is real sharp. You know, Jesus is sharp. He said that's the Father's business. Right? Okay. And when anything that is, quote, the Father's business is too big for our business. So he said, what I want you to focus on is what I have next, which is you need the Holy Ghost. See, we're, we're, we're wanting to think about all this, and God says, and Jesus is always, no, this is what's next. This is what's next on my agenda and what you need the most. Uh, but there'll be a settling up and a smoothing out. God will set an expectation, and he does that, you know, uh, with the word. And, you know, if we hear it, if we have ears to hear it, you know, it's a seed. Uh, but let me qualify that just a little bit more. Um, you know, uh, September is the end of, quote, spiritual year. In the Jewish calendar, there is September. The, the year ends in September. Old year ends, new year begins. Sep- end of September, beginning of October. And we have a we have a natural year, which our natural year is is from January to December. Wonderful overlap in that time. I like that, you know. Uh, and you know, if we want God to work with us, sometimes we have to work with God, don't we? It's kind of a give and take and an agreement where that's concerned. So, you know, this September is a good uh, is a good t- a settling up. A, you know, sum it all up. And really, all is more than just from our January, you know, for this year alone, 2019. Uh, it's a significant shift in that, you know, every, all of it and everything, you know, uh, has amounted to gas money to get you to here. 
Amen. Not a lot of luggage and baggage needs to come along. A lot of, I, you know, oh, oh, you just, sometimes you walk with God, you be willing to listen. We, some things are removed in order to be replaced. There's always a removal before there's a replacement. There's always an exchange before there's a real change. You listening? Amen. So from the old to the new, you know, uh, he said, forget about the old. It's just old. It's old history. Amen. You don't need to bring all that stuff with you. You need to forget about what is behind. It's behind. Leave it behind. Don't keep going over that. See, Paul said, this is the thing I'm doing. I am reaching for now the brand new thing that's been set in front of me. Well, I need to know. What you need to know, he'll show. What you, if you can't see it yet, always yet, it's just because, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't see mama's house from the intersection of 9 and, you know, uh, of 9 and 63. Mama house is in New York. Way up yonder. Why am I going to sit at the intersection up here five miles from here and stare and stare and stare and say, I ain't going no further till I know a little bit more. Well, you know. Well, then you ain't going nowhere. Just stay where you are. Stay staring. The angels said that, didn't they? They go, hey, man of Galilee, why are you staring off into space? He's gone. He told you what to do. Get busy. Amen. You're not going. He left. You're not going. Get over there and get the Holy Ghost. All right, let's move. <laughs> I just don't have that much time. Anyway, our text today, 2 Corinthians 5, 16 uh, through 18. And the title of this is Trading Trash for Treasure. Trading Trash for treasure. 5 verse 16. I'm going to read out of uh, the uh, the Passion Bible. And we're going to read from verse number 16. Let me make sure I'm on the Right page here. Yeah, Second Corinthians five. I don't know why they make these numbers so small. It, you can hardly read them at all. This is a very small print Bible to begin with. All right. Here we go. So then. From now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one, but no longer do we see him through limited human insight. Do you see the shift there? Now, everybody say now. If anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new 
creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Now you can't see that old vanished if you're not if if you're not looking for the new. If you're still in the old perspective. The old way of looking and, and, and judging and grading folk. Behold, and that word behold is uh you know, it really, it's a, it's a really fancy word. Uh, but it means look into until you see this. Keep looking until you see it. Keep looking until you see it. All right? Behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself. And he didn't stop there and he's given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. Now, <clears throat> there's an awful lot in there, but, you know, just, just to get the major point uh, out of that. Saying, I want you to see everyone the way that I see them. And the way that I see them is lost and found, saved and unsaved, safe or in danger, in Jesus or outside of him. Amen. But God's judgment of those that are unsaved, those that are not saved, those that are outside of Jesus those that are lost, is perhaps not the same way that we see or judge them. It's so easy, uh, it's so easy to be an insider that, that you lose all perspective of what it was like to be an outsider. Amen. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, Jesus said it this way. He goes, I, I, I have other sheep also that are not of this fold. He was talking about the outsiders. They were hu- religious people were hugely offended by that. The Israelites had just gotten to the place where, you know, where they didn't even, listen, they, they, they forgot about how they had to be reconciled to God. So they had no ministry of reconciliation. It was a ministry of condemnation. It was, it was a ministry where even among themselves, you know, they could point out all the things that were still, you know, they couldn't see with spiritual eyes that all things are brain, brain new. Leave them alone. God will work on them. He'll change them. Love them. God will change them. As a new creation, God lives inside. Speak to that in prayer. Speak to that. Say, you know, Lord, open their eyes. Show them. Let Jesus be bigger and real, more real in their life. And you help them, Lord. Take, you know, you help them to see it. You don't have to point out. Remember, while you're trying to point out stuff in somebody else's eye. Amen. You're swinging a big stick there. That everybody's going to get hit with. And her. Okay. Can you see that? See, see, 
it's hard to reconcile others to God when we're not fresh in our own reconciliation. Realizing, you know, boy, you know, actually, listen, this is the greatest miracle that will ever happen to you is to be born again. Is to become this new creation. The rest of your experience and encounter with God is the unfolding and the discovery of those new creation realities. About it. About it. And see, see, it gets old when you're not discovering daily those new creation realities. What it means to be saved, to be forgiven. To be so loved by God. To be so helped by God. Amen. To, to be so reconciled that it's as if it never happened. You're a brand new creation. Brand spanking new. All the old is gone. Doesn't even matter if you drag it up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Do you ever notice that the accuser of the brethren is loose everywhere? He just accuses folks. He accuses you. He even accuses God. Isn't that right? That's why I don't pay much attention to, you know, uh, to, to the news. If all it is is accusation, you need to consider where it's coming from. Amen. Oh, you are not a... Well, you know what? Then, listen, just... Disc, I'm not being mean, but you need to understand, if you can't even work things out among yourselves, Paul said, how silly you think that... Don't you know one day you're going to judge angels and you can't even tell the difference between this and that down here in these little squabbles and disputes? Act like a real kingdom person. Because that's who the new creation is. We said we're going to rule and reign in the kingdom of God and even judge angels. You certainly should be able to start by judging the fallen one, the devil. All right, let's move right along now that we've had our little. The new birth, this new life. Let me read it out of the uh, Message Bible. Praise the Lord. We'll hurry on through here. I've only got one page. And notice what it says in the in the. Uh, Message, but I want to qualify this in verse 14. We're going to go from 16, but 14. Paul said this, Our firm decision is to work from this one focus center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could be, say everyone, could be. Even those that you look and the devil says, Oh, not that one. No, everyone. Everyone. Amen could be included in his life, a resurrection life, far better life than people ever lived on their own because of this decision. So what he's saying is is that we're going to work from this one focus center. What Jesus did for everyone was, was he wanted everyone to experience this new creation. That's, that's the focus center. Everyone, listen, can be saved. Should be saved. Must be saved. Period. Everyone. Everyone. 
Well, I know folks, they deserve what they get. You know, look, we, you know, if we, the new creation reality is you don't get what you deserve. You get what he gave, which is undeserved favor and mercy. He cancels those, those indebtedness, those transgression. He completely wipes them. He erases them off of the, uh, off of the, the note that was handwritten against us of accusation and judgment and real the guilty the the guilty verdict was nailed to the cross with Jesus and listen and if you go to look for that note anymore the handwriting has been erased who you talking about my boy my girl The Bible goes on to say when you blow this out into everyone, not just someone's, but everyone, then, then it says what shall separate everyone from the love of God? Jesus who died for us. See, it's a different thing when we have a different perspective here. All right, Now listen, that's the center we need to work from. Now everyone say self-centered. Okay, are you saved? Yes, Jesus, into your heart. That's about enough self for you that we need. Because then the focus goes from you. You've been reconciled to God? Anybody been reconciled to God? Raise up your hand. All right. So now what's going to be your ministry? Self-awareness. I need to be more aware of thyself. What thyself want, what thyself need, what thyself, what makes thyself feel good. I need to take another selfie of myself. I'm not. All right. But now listen, it, it, that's good if you, you know, if you want to go, this is what a redeemed self look like. Be reconciled, redeemed by God. This is, listen, God wants you to have this happy, healthy Life, are you hearing? Now the not only were we not only were we reconciled to God, but He says now He's given us that ministry, live in the fullness of that reconciliation. But now overflow any little thing that bump you, you ought to overflow. Are you listening? And that there's this pull on, there's this pull, there's this pull. There's this splashing over onto other lives. Be reconciled to God. Come to Jesus. God will be good to you. God loves you. He was good to me. He loved me when I couldn't love me. Nobody else loved me. But God loved me and God loved you. I want you. Come on now. Can you see this here? Now listen. He goes, because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah, Jesus, that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. His old life is gone, a new life burgeons. What would they be like in Messiah? What would they be? I can overlook and let love cover a bunch of stuff if, if, are you listening? If, if they knew Jesus. If they only knew the God who wants them to know Him. And if I can want to, them to know Him like, like 
I know him. See, I can overlook a bunch of stuff because I can just forgive them. They really don't know you. They don't know what they're doing because they don't know you. But when they know you, they'll see that for what it is and it'll be gone. It'll be gone. That, w- that old life will be gone. But I got to give some room here, don't I? And after, sometimes in the invisible realm, you just keep it all covered until you say, keep it under the dirt. Are you listening? Because that old husk of that new life has to, that new life has to break out of that old casing. It has to sprout in secret. It has to be allowed a chance, a right environment of love and warmth and kindness and gentleness and prayer and nurture and care. Are you listening? I'll tell you 99% of everything that happens in this church of any significance becomes because of prayer that makes power His available. Are you listening? And that is mighty in its working. And then lives transform. People grow. Love allows people to grow. Gives them some space. Are you listening? Grace. Well, there's just sin everywhere. Well, then there should be more grace then. Well, I don't think that we should give people more grace to sin more. He said wherever sin abounds, grace abounds. The grace is not going to allow them to sin more. Grace is going to allow them to change. It's going to, you know, you, we don't, we short circuit the thing when we become the conductor of grace. Well, I just need to. Are you listening? I'm going to tell you what. Now, the, God will keep the fences around here. The message of this church is great grace and greater love. I mean, you know, that's the, this is the second half, the second win, the second chance to do it better this time. And it's going to be, there's great grace and a greater love. Are you listening? It's greater than us four and our no, uh, no more. And all this other stuff. I'll tell you, you'll see some of the shift. There's some bad attitudes shifting on out of here. You don't have grace to judge anybody. I judge your fruit. Well, you know what? Here, look here. You know, amen. You know, just stay out of the judgment game altogether. Because if you sow a seed of judgment, you're going to reap a judgment of that seed on your own self. And boy, howdy, I'm going to tell you what now. The environment is right that some stuff's coming up. Amen. Are you listening? And that's, you know, I mean, I don't need to holler about all of that. You know the Holy Ghost. He'll talk to you about that. You know, about the time I'm ready to get my broom out, God goes sweep off your own front porch before you go to sweeping off other folks. Amen. Except Sandy. Now, Sandy. No. We ought to let God change. Give people some space and some grace. And God will help them. If they want to be helped, they'll be helped. Well, what if they don't want to help? God bless their darling self, you know. Well, then what are you going to do about that? Isn't that right? You know, live free from all of that. You're not the fixer of the universe. You don't have to be the fixer of everything and everyone. Live free to the place. You know what? I I live free in this. You know, I live free in this one magnificent truth that we all get to choose, but I only get to choose for me. Hallelujah. 
I want, I want to, you know, uh, I want to be able to show something different to folks that, you know, that see after a while. How's that working out for you? It's like, you know, listen, rather than run down to every pig pen, somebody got to stay with the farm. Somebody just needs to stay here with the farm, watching and waiting for those that will come to their senses. Because folks don't want to live in the pig pen. Folks don't want to live in that kind of stuff. Trust me, they don't. Are you listening? And God don't want them there. He's going to work with them and help them. But you pray for them. And you hold the door open, be like old Motel 6. Leave the light on. So that when they do move back towards God, you can come running towards them. When they're moving towards God, you're going to be the one to run towards them. Hallelujah. Oh, I like this. This is good. Let's, let's go down just a little bit further, and then we got another scripture uh, to read. Uh, anyone united with Christ gets a fresh start, uh, is created new. His old life is gone, and the new life versions. Look at it. Look at the new life. Look at the possibility and potential of the new life. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle. That's an interesting word, isn't it? It'll be a, it, it, there'll be some settling ups in September to settle our relationship with each other. Amen. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sin. And God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. That's, our, that's the work. The first love and the first work. Amen. Let's go over to Philippians. I, 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 listen, this new thing, it, there, this, this, re, this new creation, this being redeemed is a... This generation that we loves this repurposing. They repurpose everything. They build, you know, we put, we, we put grain on a pallet. They take the pallet and make a living room suite out of it. Okay, they're going to repurpose it. Amen. I thought pallets were, were for putting heavy objects on and putting forklifts uh, through it and getting it from hither to yon. I said, oh, no. Yeah, they're, they're, the, this new generation is the Michelangelo's of repurposing. The Michelangelo saw the saw the stone, uh, the the big block of marble, and they're looking and say, "What?" You say, "Look at that old big rock." He goes, "Oh no!" He goes, "I see an angel in there, and I have to release him and let him out." God sees a repurpose for your life. That's why he gives the renewal and a reset. We're in a wonderful reset. You know, the greatest reset that there is is when, is when, then you, when, when you push the yes button to God and God goes, boom, you are brand new now. I mean, you don't, you don't get a new chapter, a new page, honey. You get a whole new life, a new book. Amen. You, you decide to turn history around. God says, I'll show you turn, man. I'm going to show you. Turn to me and I'll show you what. This thing's going to turn out way better than you thought. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, that word re means to, R-E means to set again, to set differently, to place 
in a position again differently. Are he again anew. Amen. That's what it simply means. Again anew. Purpose again. Purpose anew. Philippians 3. And I want to read that first out of the message. And then the passion. Then we'll be done. Philippians 3. Chapter. Now. Trading trash for uh, treasure. Let's go down to verse number 2. Paul said this. He goes, steer clear of the barking dogs, those religious busybodies. All bark and no bite. All they're interested in is appearances. Knife-happy circumcisers, I call them. The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry. Filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts and we know it. Even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials. You know my pedigree. A legitimate birth. Circumcised on the eighth day. An Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin. A strict and devout adherent to God's law. A fiery defender of the purity of my religion. Even to the point of persecuting the church. Be careful of those that, that have, it's always the message of purity. Purity. Well, you know, the purity God's looking for is a pure heart. They'll see God. Religious purity is, that, boy, you, you, can, you, know, you can get by as long as the outside of the cup is washed. Doesn't matter if the inside is full of rot and filth and dead man's bones, dying stuff. Are you listening? Well, they smoke, they drink, they, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, but they'll be all right. Amen. Just pray more Jesus on them. Then Jesus, then them can smoke and drink and, you know, all that stuff. I'm good with that. I said, I'm good with that. Amen. Isn't Jesus the message? Jesus, go down there and help them drink and smoke, Jesus. Just help them, help them while they're trying to get another woman besides the one. You go help them, Lord. Amen. He will, but not the way you think. <laughs> Amen. Could you be good with that? Amen. I know you love them. I know you want to help them. You won't do anything unless I ask you to. So, Jesus, they need some help. Please help them. (laughs) Oh, some of you are just about ready to run. Oh, a fiery defender of the purity of religion, even to the point of being willing to persecute the church. Don't don't do that. Don't line up with the accusers. Don't be willing to be judgmental of your brothers and sisters and the Preachers, all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, don't, you know, don't do that. That's not good. Jesus, you're going to get visited. You're going to get a visitation. Amen. You know, the church wasn't praying that they would kill Saul. But that's exactly what happened. Saul got killed. But Paul got resurrected. The old man Saul died on that day on the road to Damascus when he got knocked. It was a death blow to him. But it was a resurrected man, the new creation, Saul. Aren't you glad that God didn't stop? Are you listening? With seeing a Saul, he saw Paul all along. 
Is it possible that there still might be a few out there? Like this guy. Now listen, he's listening. He goes, oh, I'm a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. And the very credential these people are waving around is something special. I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash. Along with everything else I used to take credit for. Isn't that interesting? It's amazing what God can do if he gets the credit. It's amazing what will get done if nobody has to get the credit for it. But you know, it's human nature, isn't it? To shift the blame but take the credit. And to shift the blame but take the credit. He said, everything that I needed to take credit for, that I thought I could take credit for because it was my own works, said, I threw that out in the trash. Now, I wasn't so quick to remove things until I found out that there was something better that it could be replaced with. And why? Because Christ. Because of Christ. Yes, all those things I once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. Dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when I could get the robust, when I could get the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, which is God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally. Experience his resurrection power. Be that new person, that new creation. And be a partner. And be a partner. Not just in the good stuff, but in the suffering. And go all the way with him to death itself. I'm going that way anyway. It's just a matter of who I'm with. If there's any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. Let me read it out of Philippians and then we'll be finished. Pastor Ron's going to... Come, I've got to hurry. I'm probably over my time, but. Philippians 3. Same verse of scripture. It's true that I once relied on all that I had become. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments more than others, for my pedigree was impeccable. I was born a Hebrew of the heritage of Israel as the son of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised eight days after my birth and was raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism. Living a separated and devout life as a Pharisee and concerning the righteousness of the Torah, well, no one surpassed me. I was without a peer. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of the truth, I I persecuted 
messianic believers with religious zeal. Yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them. And I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know Him meant letting go of everything from my past. And throwing all of my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now. So that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ. And embrace Him as Lord in all of His greatness. Oh, my passion is to be consumed with Him, not clinging to my own righteousness. It's based on keeping the written law. My righteousness will be His, based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. The very righteousness that comes from God. And I continually long to know Oh, how I long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to appreciate the overflowing power of His resurrection working in me. I will be one with Him. I will be one with Him. then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him and his resurrection from the realm of death forgive me if I got a little emotional there I feel like that I was feeling what he felt my life prayer has become God I admit I don't have your heart for the harvest that you really want forgive me just let me stay here for a while until I'm one with you My heart beats with what your heart beats for. Until I don't see them anymore. Like I used to. But I see what you see. Because I want.
can you hear Paul settling up? Can you hear the summation? He said, you know, boy. All that old stuff. All that old stuff. Bottom line, a lot of it's just trash. That there's a treasure. And if you're willing to trade God, if you'll remove this, it's so entangled, so entwined. It's old. It's leftover. It's carryover. And it's got to go. Because you're doing a new thing. And this is a new season. And God, my heart's new soil. And I need some new seed. Can you hear him today? Well, we got to go, don't we? Food, no, I mean friends and fa- I mean family. Friends and food await us. But it's been good to be in God's hands. You know, that's why I come to God's house. I, I just want to be with Him. know that he's so much more when we're all together he's wonderful all by myself but he's so much more when we're all together it's so much better when we don't have to play church games and do religious tricks and But when we get real with God, we'll find that there's a real God that wants to share his deepest heart's desires with us. Amen. Well, for if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to change you, I want to invite you to do so right now. If you're here today and you want to ask Jesus to change you, we're going to pray a simple prayer all together. There'll be people up here that will help you with that. But, you know, no one's going to force you to change. You know, that's what religion does. It wants to mold you and make you into its own image, you know. But I'm going to tell you what now. It's God's delight to make us new. It's God's delight to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. It's God's delight. To open up the realities of what the, the new really means. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray this simple prayer. If you want to, you can pray it with me. Say, Dear Father, I want you to change me. I need you to tell me. God, I desperately want you to show me. just take that by faith 
right here and right now, I turn to you and I ask you to turn history around and change me, forever change me, and help me to be part of seeing others changed by you as well. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody said, Amen means the end. No, it's just the beginning. Amen means so be it to the new thing. God bless you all. Hope you have a wonderful Labor Day. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you.